The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It has been an incredible 10 years for a Sherwood Park man. Dana Mizey has returned home after completing the Trans-Canada Trail, an amazing journey that saw him hike to the country's three coasts. <laughs> 44 years old, really. Uh, he spent the last decade doing the 21,000-kilometer hike from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean, then all the way up north to the Arctic Ocean. Dana joins us now. Hey, Dana, thanks for uh, taking the time to talk with us. No, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. <laughs> How are you feeling today? I guess relieved would be the word, eh? Yeah, I was just talking to people in Tuktoyaktuk, and it's 60-kilometer-hour uh, winds, uh, 20 kilometers slower than what got me frostbite, so I'm glad Oof, it's over. Yikes. Um, we're going to want to talk. We want to talk to you about some of the uh, the challenges that you faced on, on this journey, but I want to backtrack a little bit so our listeners get the idea of where you got the idea from. This goes all the way back to about 2000. Can you tell us kind of what put the bug in your head? Um, well, it actually goes back a little further than that. Uh, since I was a child, I grew up on the Fraser River, so I always wondered why it was called the Fraser River. <laughs> and, uh, of course, I'm in Fraser, and... I grew up without television or anything, so we just read. So I read books on the Great Explorers. Alexander Mackenzie, Simon Fraser, David Thompson, to name few. And then, of course, the, the Great First Nation Scouts and the, um, and the Voyageurs. And that's where the seed got planted. But then I heard about the trail back in 1999, because I couldn't imagine doing it on a highway. Uh, it was awful. So uh, I heard about the trail in 1999, 2000, and uh, I thought that's the way I would do it if I were to do it. And then as circumstances happened, I just lived life as most do, didn't fulfill the dream until my dad lost his ability to walk. And uh, that didn't happen until uh, 2006. And then it took me some time to get my ducks in a row, but I said, you know what, Dad, I'll walk it up for the both of us. So uh, my dad lost his ability to walk so quickly that I imagined if that happened to me, how upset I'd be if I didn't pursue this opportunity I had right in front of me. Well, I guess it's an opportunity that's in front of everybody, but nobody, nobody but you seems to have jumped on it. So how do you do the research for this? Like, how do you figure out, you know, what you need and how you're going to do it and what kind of, you know, complications you're going to run into along the way? Well, I think the big thing with anything is you just never look at the map, and that could be a metaphor for anything. Um, the way I looked at it was uh, I knew Newfoundland, uh, the trans can show where I began, was simple. It was the old rail line. So I figured I'd figure it out from there. And as I got closer to a new section, I just I'd research it then. I think you can kill yourself with uh, over-researching, over-analyzing. So I just took it one step at a time, and then I would micromanage it as I needed to know the information I needed to know. My background in forestry and, of course, growing up in the, in the forest my whole life, I was extremely comfortable in a lonely forestry-type environment. Um, so for me... It was, I already knew what I needed. I already knew what I had to do. It was pretty straightforward. You know what, Dana? I just have to say, I just learned something because I Googled Trans-Canada Trail. And when you said um, that you didn't want to walk along the highway, I thought, what do you What do you mean you don't didn't want to walk along the highway? Isn't that, how, isn't that how you did it? And no. that's not the case at all. No, not at all. Tell tell the, tell the tell the listeners about about the Trans Canada Trail. I, I, like I, I'm just getting a a crash course in it here. So it was all put together. What 1992 goes back to? That's correct. It was an idea between two doctors who just wanted to increase the health of people, 
and connect communities. And the whole idea was is to just, it wasn't designed for people like me. It was more designed to connect communities where people could have something romantic to go between communities as part of a health thing. So what, so what happened was is um, the way the trail is designed is it's designed to connect communities, history and geography. So to put it in perspective, 21,000 kilometers I walked is the equivalent of walking from New York all through North America, across the Bering Strait through Russia to London, England. <laughs> so when people think of crossing the country, they think of the way Terry Fox would have done it, right? Yeah. Now, this is three times the distance. Like, mm. it, it's epic. And the idea, like, so it connects 1,000 Canadian towns and cities and 15,000 communities. So that was the idea. It wasn't meant for people like me at all. So wait a minute. And, is, um, are we talking about a, a secondary road, a dirt path? What are we talking about? We're talking about a separate trail system that's often old rail lines or um, existing, um, uh, like, nature trails or urban trails. Oh. For example, in Edmonton here, it's obviously the, uh, the riverfront, which I walked. And uh, so so that was the whole premise behind the trail system. Okay, so um, 10 years... Um, and you took some time off in between to deal with some injuries, and I guess you know how did you how did you pay to do this if you you're not working full time over the past ten years? Yeah, well, I had actually done really well in contracting, okay, and uh, I took my life savings and decided to spend it on the walk instead of materialistic things. My grandfather always taught me to contribute, so. Fancy things never really were special to me. I didn't care about a new sled or truck or anything like that. Uh, the contribution was my legacy in a sense. Um, just like I don't have children, so some people have children. I have a stepdaughter, but other than that, I don't have any of my own. Mm-hmm. But um, the idea is, it was um, so I paid for it in my own pocket until I got a partnership with TransCanada Trail and Canadian Geographic. Then they helped me. In 2013, I was named Expedition of the Year. In 2014, I was named one of the top 100 great Canadian explorers. And then, um, and then after that, I had to actually fundraise. To be honest, uh, it was the, the money was gone. Uh, it drained my finances. An injury and slowing up was part of the problem. And and a changing economy too. I used to be able to just jump on any contract and work, and that slowly died out a little bit. Mm. But uh, those were some of the challenges that were a lot bigger than just sometimes just putting one foot in front of the other. So before we get to the Arctic, uh, so just so I have this right, so you would walk for whatever distance you would walk or for how many ever, what, weeks or months, and then you would fly home, rest up for a while, go back and start where you had stopped? Yeah, it was more like I would finish six to eight months at a time. And then as I went, one thing I did differently was it wasn't about the race to the end. It was about learning in between. So I'd stop in every town and ask questions, go to every museum. That's how I know the country so well. Um, and, and I learned that as I went. Like I learned a little about lobster fishing, crab fishing on the East Coast, even scallops and, and mussels. And then I learned how to combine peas and swath canola, for example, in the prairies. Mm-hmm. Wherever I was, I'd take time to learn if it was offered to me. So that was something I'd done different, which is time-consuming, obviously. Uh, but oftentimes, I would literally leave the trail, fly straight to whatever city I had to work out of, and go back to work right right away. So there was times I wasn't home for something like five years. Oh, cheapers. Yeah, it was just straight focused on getting the job done. And I didn't want to fundraise. That was the thing. So I was paying for it in my own pocket. And um, eventually, it took a toll, like I said. So I had to do a little bit of that, which is a little bit embarrassing. But as long as I'm giving Why back... Why is that I embarrassing? People, I just, you know, I had this thing about not asking for help. 
you know. But uh, but when I think about it, in the, in the experience of the great explorers, the great explorers that we think are great weren't that great without the First Nations help. Like, they wouldn't have been nothing. So they had to ask for help, too. So that's how I kind of justified it, I guess. So, Dana, let me ask you this. You know, I don't mind asking a dumb question because I'm just curious. What do you do all day when you're walking? Are you listening to music? Do you sing to yourself? I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> um, I don't listen to music at all. Uh, p- people think that I would, but I don't. Uh, I find that I start doing math. I'm like, this song is this long. This album is this long. They're finally walked this far. No, uh, if anything, I'll, if the weather's horrible, I uh, will do a book on tape or I'll do a podcast that's long. But most of the time, it's nothing. I don't listen to anything. I just allow allow my mind to wander uh, at the same time being aware of my surroundings so I can catch little nuances that people in a car might not catch or people who are in a hurry might not catch. And it's those little tiny micro interests, I think, that'll make the book really good because, you know, people will be like, oh, wow, I never noticed that before. and I've passed this a hundred times. So I really worked hard. And you were taking pictures and video, I would assume, along the way? Oh, tons, tons. I have over a terabyte. Wow. <laughs> to put it in perspective, yeah, yeah. But I have everything marked as what's just a reference photo to what's actually going to be maybe a potential book photo. So, so, so Dana, a um, couple of questions there. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of solitary time. What did you learn about, what did you learn about yourself during all of that? Oh, I'm awesome. <laughs> what did you learn about our country and the people that are in it uh they're awesome too <laughs> one of the things that was so funny that i learned was is we we tend to separate provinces as provinces but there's a micro community within provinces like for example there's french communities here in alberta uh there's um you know so i'd go to an english community french community or gaelic community or whatever or ukrainian community polish community uh, german community so there's micro communities within our own country, and um, and that was a unique perspective because if I was to plot that on a map, you could actually kind of start seeing the history of migration, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then just the different dialects with First Nations was huge for me. Um, it was amazing. Like uh, they're working really hard to come back with their own languages and their own cultures, and what they're doing is really remarkable. And uh, I, like I can't wait for the future when. We get to replot, you know, that 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 kind of demographic over top of the one we have now. So that was one of the things that really blew my mind. And um, the history also is unique because that's what the trail does. It does a remarkable job at connecting connecting the country, uh, connecting the dots in a sense. So you get to see things that most would never know. And you know, geographically, you know, I'm embarrassed to say this, but this is a fact. I meet many Canadians from the West. And, you know, and I'm from the West and I'll be like, you know, I love Newfoundland and they'll be like, oh, you know, but I spent time in New Brunswick and I really loved it. My my favorite town's there. And they'll say, we love Newfoundlanders. And I'm like, well, New Brunswickers aren't Newfoundlanders. That's Mm. the equivalent Mm. of calling an Albertan a Manitoba. Yeah, you you got that right. So I think if anything, people can live vicariously through me and get a deeper understanding of the country in a way that's not embarrassing because it's one thing to say you're Canadian. I really feel like that's okay, you know. But are, are you just a beer commercial and a, and a hockey team? You know, like we're deeper than that. And you should at least have basic geography knowledge and um, maybe take a little more genuine interest. So I'm hoping I can spark a little bit of that in the future with a podcast and certainly the book. As far as going up to the 
Arctic. That's a different kind of challenge, isn't it? I mean, how do you walk up there? Um, you know what? That I was way out of my element. I mean, the minute we ran out of trees, I was really, really, <laughs> for the first time in my entire journey, I was intimidated. <laughs> and I got frostbite pretty bad in two different places, like really bad. And um, and I lost like my fingertips till I have no nothing in them. So I took a beating and... I had been in cold before. I've been in minus 45 here in Alberta. I've been everywhere there before. But there it's a kind of different cold. And uh, it freezes your skin so fast you don't even realize this is happening mm-hmm. to you. And um, luckily my experience uh, taught me uh, science. And when my head cleared and I was like, in, instead of my ego, I was like, oh, I'm in real trouble here. Mm-hmm. So the frostbite something I'm still dealing with. It's pretty bad. Mm. Mm. So were you, were you camping along the way then? Yeah. Sure was. Just a tent. <laughs> Andrew just keeps shaking his head over here. <laughs> I really. Wow. Did you lose any weight doing all that walking, Dana? The funny thing was, is I had suffered a head injury really bad, and I put on a lot of weight. Like, I'm usually an athlete. And yeah. I put on a lot of weight, and I couldn't walk a lot because of my back. I I broke, I messed up some vertebrae in my back and then had a severe concussion. And, um, Jeez. So I put on a lot of weight. And I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, I think I'm going to spend a year training, and then I'll go back to the trail. And then I thought to myself, you know what? Because I had this ego about looking the part. And I was like, you know what? If I can still pump out 20 to 50K days, who cares what I look like? So that's what I did. And so I lost over 30 pounds, which still makes me fat, actually. (laughs) However, however, um, this would be a shout-out to anybody who thinks they can't do something because of whatever limitations they think they have. Because I was a little embarrassed about my size. I really was. But then I thought, I don't care. Like, my last day was 55 kilometers and minus 35. And I pumped it out in just 11 hours. That's including stopping to talk to people. So, you know, it shouldn't let other people dictate the way you feel about yourself and certainly the, what your capabilities are. Hmm. Wow, you know what, uh, Dana? You've uh, you're you're amazing. So we we just uh, tip of the hat uh, to you and for doing this and and uh, what you've learned. And I think what you're going to um, help teach others, you know, through your book, through a podcast, whatever it is, it's going to be. That's pretty amazing. And I've always believed there's something remarkable about setting a goal and reaching it. And you you kicked it out of the ballpark. So well done. Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. Merci beaucoup to all my French friends. And uh, if I may say, um, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but I'll do it anyway. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I have a Facebook page called The Great Hike. Yep. And there's many more stories to write and tell. I'm going to edit it out. And then um, so I have some great stories. And not to brag, but my writing is good enough for magazines. So I'm hoping it's good enough for <laughs> my Facebook page. And if you just give it a like, you're going to see that it's going to turn into the podcast. You get to follow the okay. entire journey. So I hope people really get into that. It's called The Great Hike? Facebook, The Great Hike. Okay, I will go on and click a like right now, Dana. Thank you so much. Look forward to talking to you again sometime. Yes, thank you very much, and thank you for your time. That was a great interview. You guys are some pretty kick-ass people. (laughs) Thank you very much. If you're on Twitter and you want to follow Dana, you can do so at um, The Hiking Fool. At the Hiking Fool, and again, the Facebook page is the Great Hike. I've just followed up on both. Some of the pictures, absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. See, he's not walking; he's dragging all of his stuff along with him too. It's not <laughs> like he had a car following him. That's just a crazy, 
<laughs> That's just a crazy story. Man, it, I was like, I was proud that I did the treadmill for 30 minutes this morning and then walked my dog. I, I thought about all the different people in this <laughs> office up here who have talked to each other about getting their steps in <laughs> today, right? Uh, I hear it all the time up here. Did you get your steps in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, boy. good on him. Just, uh, yeah. And a character. I love characters. Now what are you going to do with your time? Well, what can I do in my lifetime that's going to rival something like that? So that good on him. Good on him. I mean, I got thinking. Have 27 I ever, pair of boots he went through. Really? I mean, have you ever gone on a long hike or hitchhike or... Yeah, I've gone on long hikes. Well, what do you consider a long hike in relation to this guy? I don't know, 10, 15 K, something okay, like well, that. Okay, well, that's good. But, that's nice, yeah. But still, there was usually a beer at the end of it or yeah. something. Yeah. I think the closest I came was hitchhiking from Charlottetown to Toronto, except my dad was so, my mom and dad, well, my mom was so worried about me that... My dad arranged for a truck to pick me up that was going to Toronto. I thought I had the best luck in the world, but he had a friend who ran a trucking company. and Yeah, it, but the guy confessed to me. Oh, it wasn't Toronto. It was Ottawa I was going to. The guy confessed to me as we approached Ottawa that he said to say hello to my dad. I'm like, why? How would you know my dad? Your 3 o'clock news headlines coming up. Again, the Edmonton Oilers have a new head coach. More details at the top of the hour. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.